Grace, peace, and mercy is yours from the triune God. Amen. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light. There's someone who's new here at House for All. Actually, they're new to church entirely and therefore unfamiliar with liturgy. After coming to House for a few weeks, I, I met them for lunch and asked them what stands out for them in church, expecting them to say the singing or maybe the community, probably not the preaching. <laughs> you know that part at the beginning, they said, where we all say together that we fractured relationships and done things we shouldn't and stuff? Uh, I answered, the confession? <laughs> yeah, they said, that's amazing. <clears throat> There's a trend in starting new Lutheran congregations to actually eliminate the confession and absolution in the liturgy because, well, it just makes people feel bad. <laughs> and let's be honest, it's just a lot more appealing to go to a church that doesn't make you feel bad. <laughs> And I guess there's some logic to that. I mean, if the point of religion is to teach us good from evil and how to choose the good, then who wants to start out each Sunday saying that you didn't manage to pull that off again? <laughs> of course, no one can really be that good, which I guess is why there is also a long and rich Christian tradition, which in Latin is called totally faking it. <laughs> also known as pretending to be good and nice and happy and successfully Christian. Yet while there's so many messages out there that tell us that religion is about knowing the difference between good and evil so that we can choose the good, in our text for today, Jesus doesn't actually contrast good and evil. I mean, if the contrast is between good and evil, I can so easily either be prideful about my ability to be good, or I can despair in my failure to be good. Either way, it's not really good news. Pride and despair are both forms of bondage, and actually what Jesus wants for us is freedom. In our text for today, Jesus contrasts not good and evil, but truth and evil. We either do what is true or we do what is evil. I know that I myself will go to extraordinary and very creative lengths to fight the truth, especially truth about myself. I can pretend and contort and manipulate and try to avoid the truth till my face goes red. I'm like a toddler trying to avoid their nap until you see them finally stop fighting and fall asleep and receive rest, the very thing they need, the very thing they were fighting. One of the most common truths we avoid is about our motivations. Like when we're really gossiping because we care about the person, pawning off malice as compassion. 
or when we supposedly fudge on our taxes because we are against the wars that taxes pay for, pawning off greed as nonviolence, or when we supposedly don't fulfill our obligations to our community because of self-care, pawning off narcissism or self-loathing as a virtue. And what's really twisted, really twisted, is when we try and gauge the loyalty of our friends by how much they go along with our delusions and justifications. I mean, when, I re when we really need to believe something false about ourselves, we will spin all kinds of messages to our friends about it. And then we'll know just how good of a friend they are by how much they co-sign on our delusions. Here's a little personal story of pretending and truth for you to enjoy. I used to commute over an hour each way in seminary from Longmont to Denver. At the time, I had a close friend who I, know, I knew because we were both sober. Let's call her Nancy. Well, Nancy was an ex-junkie who'd found some idiot doctor to prescribe her Oxycontin. Her justifications for this were both endless and creative. Her hepatitis C caused her so much pain that Nancy needed the drug to even function. And she didn't even really want to take the pain meds, but her doctor insisted. And her pain was so great, she wasn't even able to get high off the, con off the oxy. Anyhow, so surprisingly, her marriage was ending. And the courts, the courts had stepped in, and uh, I'm a deeply loyal to my friends. Like, loyalty is huge to me. So I tried to support her the whole time. I was supposedly the only one Nancy could get to supervise her overnight visitations with her kids. So even though I was commuting to grad school and I had small children of my own, I also kept showing up for her over and over. And I was exhausted. One day when driving home from staying at my friend's so she could have her kids overnight, my sister called my cell phone and I told her how tired I was, but how much my friend needed me. Now, lest you think this story is about how much my friend was staying in the darkness and lies of addiction, wait for the punchline. What my sister spoke to me was truth, and it hurt, and it's never left me. Here's what she said. Nadia, you have a limited amount of time and emotional energy in your life. And you are squandering tons of it on this one situation just so you can maintain the idea you like to have of yourself of being a loyal friend. <laughs> I was substituting being good for truth. But truth comes to us and truth changes us. It comes in the word of a sister, in the language of scripture, spoken in a community, in the prayers of the people, and it just changes us. So there's this other person at house who also doesn't have a church background at all, who met me a few weeks ago, the day after what was her first Ash Wednesday service. And reflecting on the night before, she said, I just think it's really beautiful that a space exists where that much truth can be spoken. Unpopular truths are spoken on Ash Wednesday, <clears throat> like how we fail to live up to even our own values. Truth like how we turn from God and pursue false promises. Truth like how I'm just a little bit broken and can't seem to fix myself. Because as it says in 1 John, if we say we have no sin, 
We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is the light of truth that is simply the only thing that scatters the darkness in ourselves and in the world, because God doesn't deal in deceit and denial and half-truths. Yes, encounters with truth are hard, and they require you to step into something that feels like it just might crush you. But the instant it crushes you, it also puts you back together into something real. And only the gospel can do that. The good news is not that you can possess the truth. The good news is that the truth can possess you, making you real and making you free perhaps for the first time. And as frightening as it might feel, as much as it might feel like it's going to crush you, the light of the truth is something you can live in because the love of God has freed you and indeed every human being from the need to live in any kind of lie. Step into the light, you'll be fine, you'll be real, and you'll be free. Amen.